Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Scott. I'm Ellie Kemper. Scott's last name is Eckert. This is our podcast, Born to Love. Every week on the show, we have a guest on to talk about something that they love. And this week is no exception, Scott. No, it's not. The only exception is that that this week's guest is particularly good. We have W. Kamau Bell talking about his love of YouTube, which I'm thrilled about. I'm thrilled about, because do you know, I always think of YouTube, I think, eh, take it with a grain of salt. I'm not sure what I'm going to find on YouTube. I'm so excited to hear about the sort of unbridled, pure love that Kamau has for. You're worried that you're going to get sucked into the conspiracies, Ellie. Is that it? That you're just one little taste and the next thing you know, you're gone. Forget it. (laughs) Forget it. And I probably won't even try to resist. I'm acting like, oh, you know, you got to be careful. You got to exercise caution when surfing the YouTube. As soon as he opens his mouth, says YouTube, I'm in. I'm already in. I'm underwater. Ellie, I'll bring you back. As soon as you start talking about how the moon landing was faked, I'll bring you back. But before we get to come out, Ellie, is there anything that you love this week? Yes. Scott, hear me out because, you know, it's the new year. Everyone's been gathering for holidays and whatnot, traveling, sharing germs and airspace and viri. <laughs> Took Latin in college. The plural of virus is viri. I think you know where I'm going with all of this, Scott. People are getting sick. People are getting sick, Ellie, yeah. They're getting flus and colds and COVID and pneumonia and RSV, everything. Mm -hmm. And again, Scott, I know you tend to think I'm superhuman, but I'm not. I do think you're superhuman. It comes as a surprise to me that you're not, but go on, tell me. I'm not. I'm as mortal as the next person. And I fell prey to one of these wily viri. What? I was sick. Yes, I was down for the count 
for most of last week, Scott. You know, when it starts, it's like, oh, is that, it do, does my throat, is it a tickle? Is it dry? Is it, what is that? Or is it the beginning of something, one of these viri? And it turned out to be- <laughs> It was a viri? I'm going to start saying virus. One of, one of the viri, yes. One of the viri, because mm-hmm. viri is plural. Mm-hmm. So it was a virus. But what my point is, I felt the throat. I woke up the next day. You know when something's not right. I usually get sick about once a year. You know, like that kind of flu cold type thing. I don't know where you are in your flu cold journey, but it it brings me down about once a year. We all withstand what we can until we can't anymore. My defenses were down. And Scott, <laughs> here's You were the thing. overwhelmed. It's you were overwhelmed with illness at the end. The viri, <laughs> the assault by the viri took the ramparts. <laughs> the keep was burning and you went to bed. Is that right? Did, Did you just say the keep was burning? Yeah, like the castle keep. I like, was imagining oh. an army of viri. Well, all the castle <laughs> lover listeners knew exactly what you were talking about. I was clarifying it for all the non-castle connoisseurs. And so uh, I'm very impressed that you know that expression. Well, the next time that you're done for the count, I'll do a solo episode on Born to Love Medieval Castles. But I keep interrupting. <laughs> you're not interrupting at all. I, you haven't said anything that is priming me to expect a love here. It sounds like you were very sick. So what what was it about this experience that, that kindled a love in your heart? Scott, in the illness arose my love. So that's what I'm saying. In fact, the viri were the love. What I loved this week was being sick. There's always that. And everyone listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. Because if you're perfectly healthy right now and you're driving to work, you're imagining being sick and having to stay in bed. And you're thinking, I know exactly what she's talking about. It's great. Like you literally can't do anything because you have to recover. I do want to add a caveat because that is us sort of looking through rose-rimmed glasses Scott, is it rose-hued glass? What is it? It's rosy glasses. Yeah, rose-hued, rose-tinted, right? Yeah, rose-tinted, not rose-rimmed. Not rose <laughs> If the Maybe the rose-tinted glasses are also rose-rimmed. They'd just be they straight up rose, rose glasses. Yeah, but the tint or the hue is important because everything looks rose. <laughs> not just people looking at you and seeing rose-rimmed glasses, but in fact, you looking through the glasses and seeing everything with a rose hue. That's what I meant. And so everyone looks back and thinks, oh yeah, it wasn't so bad being sick. In the moment, I'm here to remind you, it's awful. In the, the day or two or however long you're stuck with it, it's awful because you're bedridden, you're miserable. I couldn't focus on anything. So wait, I'm going to pin anything. you down, Ellie. What yeah. do you love about it then? The day or two when you can sort of do something. Mm. And so you're still in bed because you're recovering. Yes. But you can kind of maybe do something, but you're not. Oh, yeah. When you stretch it out. When you stretch it out a stretch little bit. Stretch it out, mm-hmm. Scott. As you know, I love coffee. Of course, I'm not a psycho. I didn't have coffee when I was sick. (laughs) But on the third or the fourth day when I was starting to feel better, I made myself an instant coffee. Scott, one sip of that thing, I was flying so high because I hadn't had caffeine in like three days. So I had a sip of coffee and not only did I feel like myself again, but it was like an added wild experience because I was still sort of sick, 
it's as close to doing drugs as I'll ever get. It just <laughs> felt like really trippy and awesome. Wait, I'm sorry. This entire conversation is speed bumps. It's for me. I'm, but, but with just oh. a little, little confused by each little twist and turn along oh. the way. Okay. So Let just, I had something else to say, which I am going to say, rest assured listeners, but now I want to, your imagination of the sensation of doing drugs is that it feels like the flu. <laughs> Is that it feel no 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 no? It, is that it feels like having coffee when you're sick? <laughs> <laughs> That's what drugs are. That's what I drugs are. The, the opioid <laughs> epidemic is is yes. really rooted in people like coffee when they're sick. That's what it feels yep. like. They're chasing yes. that sensation. <laughs> I see how people get addicted. It is a feeling. That makes you, that you want more of. Give me some more of that coffee when I'm sick. Ellie, I don't know <laughs> if this is what it's like to be on drugs, but my sensation of being sick and coming out of it, it's what I imagine a bear waking up from hibernating is like. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've been in this cave for months. And then you emerge <laughs> yeah. and you're kind of achy and creaky, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you're excited and you know you've got that roar in your belly. I don't know if bears roar. They probably do. You're not yeah, ready to do. roar yet, but you know it's coming. Yeah. And then that first salmon that you scoop out of the yes. river. Oh, yep. boy. Yeah. Scott, <laughs> absolutely. That is also a part of being sick that I love. The recovery, the emerging from the cave, catching that salmon. I understand that. But what I specifically am talking about is that little, that twilight hour where you're thinking like, you know what, soon I'm going to get the salmon. Mm -hmm. But you're still responsibility free. I still had to tell Michael, oh, you better take the children to school. It's too cold outside. For me, little healing me, oh, you know, I really shouldn't exert myself too hard because I might have a relapse and fall prey to the viri again. So that is the piece of being sick that I love. And you're focused enough that you can read. I listened to a lot of Taylor Swift, which I haven't listened to several of her albums. I was well enough to listen to Taylor Swift. That was sort of the level that I could function at, okay? Mm -hmm. It only happens once a year. It's done for me already. I look forward to 2025, but I loved it. I reveled in it as long as I could. But you know, by the fifth or the sixth day, I was fine again and running errands and dropping children off at school and catching salmon left and right. Well, Ellie, I'm glad that you're back with us. I'm glad that you're healthy again. I'm glad that you enjoyed being sick so much. So this was wonderful. Uh <laughs> Could that be a brew? It, when I start my coffee line, should it be like, it should just be called like Java when you're sick. Java when you're sick or just yeah. like sick Joe. coffee. Yeah, yeah. Sick, sick Joe. <laughs> it's just called Sick Joe. <laughs> Sick Joe is actually now I'm on board with it because sick like in a cool way, right? It's like, oh, that's some that's some sick Joe. Absolutely. All right, Scott, I'll tell you who's not sick, except in the cool sense of the word sick. W. Kamau Bell, our guest today. He is an award-winning comedian, television host, and filmmaker. Kamau has won not one, not two, not three, or four, but five. Emmy Awards, and a Peabody Award for his documentary series, United Shades of America, and we need to talk about Cosby. 
His latest documentary, which I loved, is 1000% Me, Growing Up Mixed. It has just won another Emmy. He can't be stopped. Kamau has also co-authored the New York Times bestseller, Do the Work, an anti-racist activity book. He is joining us today to talk to us about his love of YouTube. So Scott, when we come back, I am so excited to talk with W. Kamau Bell. Guys, we are back. We are here and we did not lie. We are sitting down with W. Kamau Bell. Hello, Kamau. How are you? I'm doing good. Why am I laughing? It's just, it's funny to hear your voice saying my name. I know. <laughs> I was laughing at it too. Normally when I watch you on TV, you don't say my name. So it's funny to be like, ah, it's funny. <laughs> I was laughing because you're laughing. Laughter is contagious. Yes, yes. And so is love. <laughs> we were born to love. Thank you for being here today. We are beside ourselves. We're very excited to be talking to you. And you are here to talk about your love of YouTube. Yes, yes. It's a problem, but I've decided to come out of the closet. Come out of the closet with it. How is it a problem? Because you're a father of three. You have three mm -hmm. children mm -hmm. running around in your home. Mm -hmm. When are you watching YouTube? That's what I want to know. Uh, all the time. They say, Dad, put, <laughs> okay. put down your phone. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's my, well, that's Michael, yeah. my husband, too. Are there any specific genres? And I'm a, I, you should know, I should say this from the start. I'm sort of a YouTube Luddite. Like I, I don't oh, know YouTube good. that well. I don't subscribe to anything. Mm -hmm. You will be educating me. Well, you know how people used to say like, I don't watch TV as ways to sound smart. Oh, it still happened. Yeah, yes. The most obnoxious yes, people in yes. the world brag about not owning a TV. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Did I just brag about not watching YouTube? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what's that's what's happening with YouTube right now. When people go, I don't watch YouTube. There was a great comedian. I think Greg Barron had the joke. I don't read books. Like I think it was. Like, <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just like sounds like it. Just like I don't do technology. I don't do smart. Well, that's things. just yeah. it. Yeah, that's just it. Even describing myself as a luddite, like that doesn't fly anymore. You can't say yeah. that. Like, yeah. this is the age, guys. Yeah. And, and by guys, I mean Ellie. But I will say, there, I almost feel like YouTube, it didn't pass me by, but YouTube started when? I don't even know. How many years ago? 10, 20? A thousand years ago. <laughs> it started before books, weirdly. It started yes. in Grecian times. I think 2009 is sort of like the, when it started to really start, start. Like, I probably started before then, but like the late 2010s is when it really, people started to actually take to it and have channels and create content. Yes, I'm on Instagram. That's the only social network channel I'm on. Mm -hmm. I'm not on Facebook. So I guess those media are just unknown to me. And so it is like visiting another country. I went on YouTube before talking to you, but you can really, how are people, I'm not, I'm saying this as a genuine, it's a put down to me because I should, Scott, do you watch YouTube? That's what I want to know. I, I'm digging I, myself I, I, out. The, the, this has been an entire interview is Ellie just continuing to dig. I, I want to hear <laughs> what Kamal loves about YouTube. Like, what? Yeah, so do I. <laughs> That's what the show is. Okay. No, I, okay. I like how it's going. Okay. I'll just sit here and listen to Ellie dig a hole, and then at the end, I'll be like, "Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me." My own great. therapy session. Bye. <laughs> okay. Yes, come on. What do you love? So I will say this. I didn't always love YouTube. I think really the pandemic is when it kicked in. I realize now that most of my content watching is YouTube, not like Netflix or Hulu. I used to do a lot of that. And now I will get on a plane and download YouTube videos. 
and I have to remind myself to watch like regular television. Like, oh, I should probably see right. like that thing that everybody's talking about. Because I'm just happy to let the algorithm just take me away. Is that what you do? Do you go by the suggested the suggestions from YouTube? First, you just let the algorithm take you away. And then you go, huh, I really enjoy this person. I should go subscribe to this person. And then you start to find out, like, oh, this is the kind of thing I like. But then you realize at a certain point, the algorithm will always be poking you in different directions. And it's always trying to get you to engage. So it's going to send you things that you hate. Like, sometimes YouTube would go, you like W. Kamau Bell and you like criticism. Here's a video criticizing W. Kamau Bell. I'm like, no, 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 YouTube. No, 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 no. You've misunderstood me. But yeah, what happens is that you find yourself down cul-de-sacs where you're like, I had no idea that I would watch a 30-minute video of some people in an Asian country making street food for 30 minutes with no words. (laughs) Well, truly, what you just described is fantastic. I think when I think YouTube, and forgive me, I'm always thinking cats falling asleep or whatever it is, that, what you described, would be fascinating because that's just real life. Yeah, there's a thing called uh, slow radio where you're just sort of listening to something that's not really trying to engage you. And there's also slow TV, like they just played a train ride from one city to another. There's nothing happening. There's no engagement. It's just you just want to turn on the TV like a friend (laughs) or like a conversation. And you just want to like every now and again look up and watch the train. And so YouTube has a lot of great slow content where it's like I'm feeling anxious. The state of the world is driving me nuts. I don't know how to fix anything. Wow, I'm going to watch these people complete their task of making 100,000 egg sandwiches. And at the end, I'll feel like I saw something get done in a world where nothing ever gets done. Yes! And that in its own way is a triumph. Yeah, yeah. That is so satisfying. And there's really a lot of creators on YouTube who are making really complicated work that's highly edited, that is shot well, and they're just doing it for their audience. You know, and so for me... I really used to be like a person like you has condescended to it. And then you stumble into things where it's like, there are people getting work done here yep, and really like accomplishing a lot. And it used to be thought it was like a stepstone to television. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. 
And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, Listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Well, do YouTubers have, they don't operate with agents or representation or anything? Or do they don't they? have to. They do once they get enough followers. But like, there's people who just do it in their houses. I do explain this to my wife, which is why I think I'm thinking about this music, because I was like, do I need to start a YouTube channel? And it, it was as if I said, do I need to learn how to skateboard? Like, why would you do that? Like, you're a grown man. You're going to learn how to skateboard now? <laughs> and if I like, if I had said, I think I'm going to be a professional skateboarder, that's how she reacted. And I sat her down. I was like, no, let me show you different versions of this. Some people are literally just sitting in their kitchens talking to their computers with ums and ahs and sloppy edits. And you go, this person has like a million followers and they're making a living. Some of that I am confounded by, like I was reading an article about cleaning your house and like how those videos are very popular, which I wait, totally wait, am, like you're I'm talking sorry, about. Wait, I'm sorry, there, There's a whole genre of cleaning your house videos? Oh yeah. Isn't there come out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. First of all, anything, any words we can put together in a sentence, there's a genre of that on YouTube. I just wanna be (laughs) clear about that. It may not be popular, but it exists. So yes, I mean, I watched a YouTube video of a guy, he's a professional rug cleaner. Like this, think about this. This is a guy who never thought he'd have a YouTube online presence. He's a professional rug cleaner and he's like, look at this dirty rug yep. we found in a house that caught fire in a basement. It is soaked with soot. I'm gonna clean it and turn it white again. Yep. I Are read we- about this guy. <laughs> yeah, think about one of those jobs, you'd be like, that's the most boring job in the world. Right. And now this right. guy has followers and his videos are going viral because he's cleaning a rug that none of us wants. What is that? I mean, like you said, okay, it's satisfying to see the completion of a task. It is an escape from, like, you know, just the... The hell that is life. Yes. Uh, thank you. I couldn't <laughs> think of how to put that into words, but it's true. The state of the world. The increasing escape of the world. <laughs> the increasing escape of the world. And often when I have dipped my toe mm, in the mm, YouTube ocean... Marie Antoinette having a I, slice of bread. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then I do day into grace the 
I feel there's a comfort in seeing people do everyday things too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just nice to know that not everyone is out of their minds. Some people are cleaning their rugs. Mm-hmm. Some people are mopping the kitchen floor and there's comfort there. Yeah, and some people take pride in it or it's like, this is what I do every day, so I'm going to do a good job. And I think a lot of us, you feel like we're not doing a good job doing the things that we're tasked with doing every day. It's good to see somebody do a good job. And then there's a part of YouTube that I enjoy watching people who are like deeply connected to things. Maybe things I used to, like, for example, I used to read comic books a lot. But then I turned like 25. <laughs> I was just like, I just can't. <laughs> this isn't paying my rent. Because I also grew up at a time where you were supposed to stop doing that stuff. And then the generation right, right behind me was like, no, you just you just keep reading comic books. I was like, right. I, I was oh, it, you're so mad it skipped you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I gave up comic books because at that age I was told to give up comic books. But I held on to some yes. things like I still wear T-shirts every day, which is like, when I was a kid, an adult man who wore T-shirts was like struggling <laughs> and you needed to help him find his way to like the hospital. And now I'm the, the jerk who goes to the five-star fine dining restaurant in like a graphic tee and jeans because I can because I have an Emmy so (laughs) you're happy I'm here but that is true I haven't thought about this until just now my husband loves watching product reviews on Mm. YouTube you know of gadgets and he will watch them endlessly and it's that same thing where you're like oh these are people who they're just so well versed in technology and he'll just watch them even for products that he doesn't have yeah, and, and it sort of tells you that, like, things can be compelling in ways that you don't think they can be. Yes. It doesn't all got to be The Sopranos and Breaking Bad. Like, it doesn't right. it, it doesn't all got to be. Some of it is just like, this person knows more than me, and they're good at explaining it about yep. a thing that either I care about or I don't care about, but they're so compelling. There's a guy, I think he's called the lock-picking lawyer. He just picks locks because he's good at it. You don't see his face. He says, this lock says it's unpickable. He picks it in about five minutes, and he goes, huh. Guess it wasn't unpickled. And it's just a guy, and he calls his wife Mrs. Lockpicking Lawyer. I don't know if that's their real last name, but it's just the idea that I can spend two minutes watching this guy pick a lock and then move on with my day and feel like, I saw, again, I saw a thing get completed by an expert. This is a time right now where a lot of people run towards the not expert. Like somebody goes, I don't know anything, so you should listen to me. And so it feels really good for me to run to people who actually are the experts. To me, Kamal, I had no idea that this was a thing, that sort of competence porn of people who are excellent (laughs) at their tasks. I need to look at that because I only ever went to YouTube as almost like a reference. So it's like, oh, I want to see a movie trailer. Or I just went yesterday because I was having trouble changing the batteries to my doorbell. And I was like, change the doorbell battery on YouTube. And sure enough, there's a guy. And he's like, here's how you do it. And I was like, oh, thank you, YouTube guy. And I do that on a weekly basis where I don't know how to do something and I have YouTube show me. So as a resource, Mm -hmm. I found it useful. But the idea that that same sort of video is entertainment, I mean, I feel Mm -hmm. like the scales are falling from my eyes. I'm going to get sucked into the lockpicking lawyer. Yeah, Scott, that's like basically saying I go to the library for the magazines, what you're doing right now. You're just you're at the library in the magazine section while like the greatest books of literature are, sit, are sitting around you. I mean, I'm just trying to like, <laughs> like you're walking, you're walking past Shakespeare and yes. Toni Morrison. And you're like, I just want to see what Pets Weekly is up to. That's all. I'm so I do what you're saying. I do that, too. Like, for example, and this is my, one of my favorite videos ever. So one day my 
eight-year-old, we go to the playground, and she was maybe seven at the time. She had a bicycle with training wheels. She's like, today, we're taking the training wheels off. I want to learn how to ride a bike. And I'm like, well, you need a new dad, because that's not my department. (laughs) And she's like, no, I want you to teach me how to ride a bike. And this is my my middle kid, who who I call Kamau Jr., because she's all in her head like me. And so we go to the playground, and I suddenly go, wait a minute, YouTube. And so I look up. Teaching a kid to ride a bike, and here's oh the key gosh. thing, quickly, quickly. <laughs> Not teaching a kid to ride a bike. You got to be savvy about this because that's oh, a four-hour oh. video teaching a kid to ride a bike. Teaching Correct. a kid how to ride a bike quickly, and a video came up that said, teach your kid how to ride a bike in five minutes, and it probably had less than a 1,000 views. And so I watched this bored-looking white dad tell me <laughs> with a kid who he claimed didn't know how to ride a bike, and he said, you do this, you do this. You do this, look, now he's riding a bike. And he was like, not even impressed with himself. And oh. so I was like, all right. So I said, okay, come here, come out, Junior. We did this, we did this, no. we did this. It took about eight minutes. No. Yes. And the training and she wheels was were on. riding the bicycle. Now we need to know the steps. I'm going to look it up and see if I can. Look uh, it up because I tried this summer to teach my seven-year-old, who we also call come out junior. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, no, we call him James. And I couldn't, I, I was like, you got to just balance. You got just balance. Yeah, and no, I no, no. threw up my hands in frustration. Let's see if I can find a teacher kid to ride a bike in 45 minutes. That's too long. Come on, man. Here we go. How to ride a bike in less than five minutes. It's actually got 1.9 million views. So, it, but it's been up for 10 years by Patrick L. Uh-huh. How to ride a bike in less than five minutes. The actual video is short, but it also promises to teach them how to get how to accomplish yeah. this quickly. The video is five minutes and two seconds. So. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Do you comment on YouTube? You come out? Yeah, I have. I have as yourself. As myself. Yeah, I'm pretty. Oh. You know, I'm not like Ellie Kemper level, so I can comment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. That Julia Roberts treatment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I comment and nobody says anything like, wow, come out, Bell's here. Also, if you watch any YouTube video, they always ask you to like and subscribe. You don't have to subscribe, but always like the video because it actually yeah. helps the algorithm think that people care about them. Well, do you think that most of those people are doing it for the approval, for just the joy of, like, that guy, again, with the, the dad posting the thing about teaching your kid how to ride a bike? That's something that would never occur to me. Like, to, yeah. he, it almost feels like he's doing that for the pure purpose of helping people. I think he's doing it the way that we're supposed to do stuff. Like, hey, I know something that other people don't know. Let yes. me share. Like, he probably was the dad neighborhood who would, like, teach every kid how to ride their bike. And I would walk my kid down to that dad and go, Patrick will teach you how to do it. Yep. But then you go to his YouTube channel, which I don't think I've ever gone to before. He's got 3,200 subscribers, which is like yep. he's definitely not getting paid. Mm-hmm. And the latest video is called Pumpkin Gives Up, and it was posted a year ago. I don't know what that means, <laughs> Pumpkin Gives Up, but it's 40 seconds long. The pumpkin gave up, and it's got a 1,000 views. He's got four videos. That's hilarious. He's got that Pumpkin so- Gives Up, How to Fitch a Stucco Patch, 1,200 views, PBJ the Pedrin Way. I don't have any idea what that means, uh-uh. five minutes long. But then the other, the first video posted 10 years ago is How to Ride a Bike in Less Than Five Minutes. 1.9 million people have watched that video. I mean, 1.9 million views because several of those are mine. Hey, <laughs> but here's the thing. That guy, for they're all they all seem to be dad related, I think. Pumpkins, PBJ, bikes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And here's the thing that I think is so pure about it. He posted that video in viral. He didn't post for like six more years. Like he was I love like, I love this man. He's yeah. just doing it to help. Like that's he's not really, like trying to get like a brand deal or merchandise. Because that's what you see too. People who stumble into viral videos, yeah. like Charlie at the dentist where the kid's in the back of the car. 
like sort of like rambling because he's had like you know laughing gas and he's like oh, in the right. back of the, yeah they're still trying to sell t-shirts off of that <laughs> like it's just like there's t- I've got a question for you come out because my son he's nine years old he mm-hmm. got really into these live stream people mm-hmm. just playing video games yeah. and would watch some oh, teenager yes. just playing a video game that he doesn't own and had never played him mm-hmm. himself, yes. right? And it's like, yep. hey, Jack, do you want to watch a cartoon on the TV? Something that, that people have poured their hearts and souls into creating. <laughs> and it's like, no, no, I want to watch this kid play MLB The yeah. Show 2018 or something. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Is that just specific to my son? Or I feel like that's no, a whole no, universe, that's- right? Yeah, it's a whole universe. And first of all, be very careful because that's how you create incels. A lot of that content. That's uh, how you create what? Incels. Like dudes who are like sort of hate women. Uh, You know, (laughs) (laughs) like I would say this with my kids. YouTube is a thing that we do. Like I, they can watch YouTube, but it's a thing that either I know exactly what they're watching and I've pre-approved the content or we're doing it together. Like, let me show you this YouTube video. Mm-hmm. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? It's sort of like six degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever. I'm always terrified that they're just like three clicks away from a video that explains mm-hmm. that gypsies are demons or something. Yep. <laughs> and I would say they're probably two clicks away. I wouldn't put three. And this is why it is like the library. The library also has like books you sh- that are bad. <laughs> that are like, right. that are like, you know, the library has all the books if it's yeah. a good library. And so you can't just go get any book. It's like, well, what book are you reading? So I do think it is it becomes super important as a parent. Like for my kids, I think it's fine if you want to watch that thing. But I got to be able to sit in that room with you every now and again and just sort of sit through and sort of like see what's happening. Are there parental controls? Like I, I have not used any parental controls. on. Like my kids are seven and four. They have iPads. Sometimes they stumble onto YouTube. I think it's all cartoons so far. Yeah. But it's well, all cartoons and one hand job video. <laughs> well, that there is a there is an app called YouTube Kids that is supposed to be like that you can download that is just kid videos. But YouTube had a problem where because people are awful, there was a period of time where YouTube found that some creators were putting out kid videos, and in the middle of it, they put a hand job. So it was just like so. There's and then you do have to respond. This was about probably five or six years ago. Yeah. So again. I'm not saying all the YouTubes. Okay, so if you were to, if when you go on your phone and look on YouTube, would you type in something like, oh, you know, I want to learn about, I don't know. I'm going to close the YouTube app so I can open it because it's always open. And it just okay. sort of, it pops up. So I've subscribed to a bunch of things already. Oh, so right, right, just right. on my page, there's a bunch of things that either I have subscribed to or the algorithm knows that I watch regularly. So like mm-hmm. I do I actually get a lot of news. There's a lot of great uh, news channels on YouTube. Yep. So I'll shout out the Rational National is a very a Canadian guy who's got a channel. And that's where I get most of my news is YouTube. And I'm scrolling down. And there's an MMA podcast called Morning Combat that I like yep. to do. This is a great one. I just see this. Yeah. I don't watch professional wrestling at all. <laughs> but I think the professionally wrestling content about it is fascinating. People talking oh. about professional wrestling is fascinating because it's not fake. They make it clear it's not fake. You would call acting fake. But nope. they sort of talk <laughs> about the ins and outs of the business. And I think that's fascinating. So, like, Jim Cornette is a oh. wrestling podcaster. And I just think he talks good about what he knows, even though I don't watch professional wrestling at all. Nobody knows that I'm watching that. Nobody cares. It doesn't come right. up in any conversation I'm having except for this one. And right. I'm just like, ooh, a new Jim Cornette video is out. Oh, that's fantastic. Because I was going to ask, how do you know that something is 
like legit or well done versus something that's not like if I, so I like to run. That's the only thing mm-hmm. I ever talk about on this podcast. It's like a show called born to love, but I love one thing. It's not my family. It's running. <laughs> and so whenever I like look something up, I don't know if I'm looking for a way to stretch my hamstring. I'm, I'm like, well, how do I know if this is actually, you know, verified? If you're looking for like advice content, I think the importance is verified. But a lot of this is like, the news thing, for example, you watch a video and you go, nope, and you cut it off. And then sometimes you go, don't ever send me this video again. Because oh. YouTube will be like, oh, you watched part of that video. Would you like to watch 15 more of oh. it? No. So you have to really start to tailor your content and make sure you're right. like, like there's been things I've subscribed to and then very realized like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> like this is- Well, I, that, yeah. that's what would make me yeah. nervous is just that if it catches you, like even on Instagram, which is a different platform, yeah. obviously, I feel like, wait a minute. I don't know where this came from. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to think that I enjoy this content. Oh, so that's interesting. They just try to sneak it in any way they can. Yeah, and so like you have to weed your YouTube garden. You have to weed your YouTube garden. Weeding the YouTube garden. Well, come on. If you wanted to help get our garden started for somebody who wants to dip their toe into (laughs) it, is there, (laughs) mixing metaphors left and right. Dipping our toe into the garden. garden. (laughs) Are there one or two that you haven't mentioned? Because I'm definitely going to watch the- Lockpicking lawyer. The lockpicking lawyer. And I'm definitely going to look up the rug cleaner. Are there any others that would be at the top of your list? So (laughs) I'll give you sort of a, a, a smorgasbord. I'm very excited. There's a guy named Coffeezilla. Have you, have either of you ever heard of Coffeezilla? Nope. No, I'm so old fashioned. I'm writing this on a piece of paper. I feel like I feel like the world's most idiotic guy. Coffeezilla. All right. He is, I would say, like the number one scam investigator, maybe in the country, but certainly on YouTube. So like crypto, NFT, Sam Bankman Freed, but he does mm-hmm. it in a way that is super funny and easy to talk about. He's this guy who lives in Texas somewhere. He calls himself Coffeezilla. He's sitting against a green screen that he calls the $10 million studio because he investigates financial scams. And it's just super, (laughs) like, funny and relatable. It actually has really, like, broken down some stories about people who financially scam things in ways that have, like, done good in the world. Oh, wow. He's actually, like, an investigative journalist who has probably not a degree in investigative journalism. Right. Just, right. just cares a lot. And Coffeezilla's wow. got over 3 million followers. So the fact that yep. you don't know about him says more about you than it does about Coffeezilla. 100% it does. Coffeezilla's got the upper hand here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I won't even try <laughs> to fight that. So this is another thing that my kids can't stand, and I sort of play these videos to make them nuts. It's called <laughs> Beard Meets Food. He's a British dude who travels America and England doing all the food challenges at every restaurant. So, like, eat this giant pizza and we'll give you a free T-shirt. He's like, I'm in. <laughs> and he's super relatable and funny and cute and also weirdly in good shape, even though he's eating like a giant extra large pizza. Yeah. And he also like walks in. He's friendly to people. He's doing it by himself. So he's setting up like three cameras by himself in a restaurant. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. sorry, did you say beard? Beard, because he's got a giant beard. Beard meets food. Why do your kids hate? Because he's like shoving giant slices of pizza in his mouth and it's super gross. And I'm like, but look, in 10 minutes, he just ate a giant. It's the same thing from the carpets. Ah, uh, it's just a good time. The competence look, of a super eater. Yeah. And then I would say a guy out of Atlanta named FD Signifier, who's a black dude in Atlanta who used to be a public school teacher, who just does great breakdowns, mostly of black pop culture. He has a two hour video about how he struggles with his relationship with Kanye West, but it's just super personal, but also smart. I think he's sitting in his kitchen and it's just the kind of guy you'd be like, I'd like to be friends with that guy. And talking about complicated issues 
Kamau, thank you for for telling us all about YouTube. Thank you for coming on the show. If you have a minute, could you stick around and play this fun game we like to play called Love It or Loathe It? I'd love to. I'd loathe to. (laughs) Yay! That's the right answer! Thank you. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature. And of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. with W. Kamau Bell to play one of our favorite games, a.k.a. the only game that we ever play called Love It or Loathe It. Kamau, we are going to throw some topics, subjects, and you're going to tell us whether you love that thing or you loathe that thing. There can be no in-between. Okay, there's no gray area here. I don't do in-between, so I'm good with this. So far, you're off to a good start. Okay, Kamau, (laughs) love it or loathe it, Legos. Love it. 
Yes. Love it. Loved it as a kid. Love them as an adult. To tie it into the main topic, there's actually entire YouTube channels where people oh. c- cook food using Legos as pretend food that is super fascinating. It's like stop motion animation with Legos. What? They're actually preparing food. They're but not then they- really, but they're using the Legos as the elements of food. So it's like they have a raw chicken. Yep. That is like, like a chicken breast. So it's pink Legos in the shape of a chicken breast. And then they have a Lego egg that they crack and they have Lego flour. And then they dip the raw chicken Lego into the <laughs> into oh. the batter. And then they put it in a skillet <laughs> that? that has that has yellow Legos that look like oil. And they cook it. Then they pull the chicken breast out. And now it's brown and it's crusty because it's been cooked because it's been fried. <laughs> that is art. It sounds not only delightful just on a visual level. I would love watching that. Yeah. But it's also, I mean... The thought put into that. You no, know, and the time, the time, the Again, time, the time. Tomostein wow. is one of them. T O M O S T E E N. I'm sorry, I'm just still talking about YouTube. Tomostein, no, I love it. It's, it's a, the Lego YouTube food maker. I got to check it out. Yeah. Come out, love it or loathe it. Listerine. Hmm. It's 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 a tough one. I don't use Listerine, but I'm gonna go love it because some people need Listerine, and I'm glad that it exists yeah. in the world. And it is painful yeah. that when you do it, but like. This morning I woke up and my my daughter, my five year old's breath was kicking, and I was oh, like, yeah. "Man, you! I would have loved to have some Listerine right there." So, yep, yep. I'm gonna say love it. I'm gonna I, say love it, even though I don't use it currently. Well, I love that it's painful because I just imagine it just like destroying all this bacteria. Yes. Medicine's supposed to hurt a little bit, otherwise right? I don't really believe it. I love uh, the hydrogen peroxide on the wound, which yep. they say you're not supposed to anymore. You're not supposed to what? do, I do it. What? They say you're not supposed Whatever. to. Whatever, just Whatever. stop it. Just that doesn't hurt at all. It, it I heal. love those bubbles. Those I little... love the bu- you know, the bubbles say it's cleaning. It's supposed that, to. <laughs> the bu- that, is that something we were all told? Or yeah, did I a scientist tell? Okay. I don't think. A, no, I don't think any scientist told us. I think our parents told us. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, well, it would take a whole team of scientists to convince me otherwise. Because I keep pouring that on until it stops bubbling. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's medically accurate. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to say. Kamau yeah. and I yeah. are here to tell you yeah. what you're doing is just Two fine. out of two non-doctors say. <laughs> yep, agree. Kamau, love it or loathe it, imaginary friends. Love it. Oh. Love oh my God. it. It was the quickest love, love ever. It's, the song get life. is continuing. I I, this is a song-worthy love. Tell us about it. So I'm an only child. Yep. How would I have gotten through this life without imaginary I friends? I know. I mean, like... Even now I talk to people who aren't there in my house because it's just like I'm just used to like as an only child just talking out loud all the time. Wait, you just again have uncovered my husband's an only child and yeah. he'll come into the apartment sometimes and he's having yep, yeah, a, conversation, a full conversation. But there's no one there. Oh, yes, there is. <laughs> yes, there is. I mean, again, as a non-psychiatrist, that's healthy. That feels, I guess, fine. It's a way to... To think out loud, right? I'm an out loud processor. An exter- I'm, a, I'm an external processor. My wife is not a fan of that, but I have to talk it out out loud. I mean, it's why I'm a stand up. I have to externally yeah. process things. That's so. right. So when you're talking out loud, is she re- if she is in the room, are you to is she are you expecting her to respond? No, don't interrupt yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't interrupt me. I'm in the I'm in the middle. I wouldn't interrupt you if you were talking to your best friend. Yeah, exactly. Hey, exactly. I, I, I've got a question for you, Kamal. So do you find when you speak out loud to yourself, are you addressing an imaginary person who doesn't exist? Or are you imagining someone in the real world that you're talking to? Because the only time I ever talk to myself is when I'm doing angry screeds against mm. people in my real life who just deserve, you know, my screeds. And I'm too cowardly to, to say it 
to their face. <laughs> so I have imaginary conversations in the shower, like what I would have said. Oh, I do that. I know. I mean, I think every stand-up is a stand-up because of the what I would have said thing. I think that is the yeah. basic reason why stand-up comedy exists is because it's like, now I get to say what I would have said. But <laughs> I would say if I'm talking to myself, I'm sort of having a conversation with the other version of me that lives outside of me. If that makes me sound like a sane person, then good. Yes. Not, no, I understand that. Like I'm sort I of, totally I'm in, that. I'm in dialogue. Like, man, you're so stupid. What were you thinking? Hey, man, yeah. I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> oh, intro, but that's so healthy. That's so healthy because then you are being your own best friend, yeah, right? Yeah, Don't they yeah. always say to like yeah, give I'm, your yourself the advice you would give as best friend? As an only child, I think there's two different types of only child. I don't know what type yeah. your husband is. There's the type that's like, yeah. I wish I had brothers and sister. I feel sorry yeah. for those people. I'm the type that's like, good. Yeah. Unfettered access to the world and television yeah. was really that like, was I don't have to husband. argue about the television. Well, too late for our kids. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> Love it or loathe it, Bruce Lee. Oh, come on. Now you're yes. just being, now you're just, that was just. Now that's we, just, a, just, we want you to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Just yesterday, my daughter, Kamau Jr., asked me, dead or alive, who would you like to have a conversation or meet with? And then I was like, Bruce Lee and Malcolm X, like just as if it was one word. So yeah, I've talked mm-hmm. about Bruce Lee so much that the Bruce Lee estate run by his daughter, Shannon, eventually reached out to me like, hey, man, can you, we need to talk to you. And so now I'm like, I'm friends with his daughter, Shannon, which is like, as a, oh as a teenager, if you'd told me that, I'd be like, I've won life. That's so, it. Yeah, That's so, it. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. What would the young Kamau have thought? That is incredible. I mean, I told Shannon this. The young Kamau would have thought, but are you two married? That's what the young Kamau would have thought. <laughs> and I've told, I've told her this. So <laughs> like, you're friends, but how many children do you have with Bruce Lee's daughter? Yeah, so. <laughs> zero. We have zero. Okay, love it or loathe it. This is a random one. Mm-hmm. Middle school dances. Oh, my daughter's 12, so there's been like two middle school <gasps> dances now. <gasps> so, uh, I mean, there was some drama at the last middle school dance that I, it, that I can't get into because I don't want it to take the chance. But there was like some drama that I was like, you have just found out that that person is not your friend is how I ended right. the, the, Oh, my and God. I, and I was really I proud of her because she was like, I was trying to talk her down from being a grudge holder. But yeah. she was like, no. And I was like, oh, you get that from me. I'm the king of the grudge holders. So yeah. I yeah. was like, well, then we'll lean into what I would think. That person's not your friend anymore. Was it a good lesson to have been learned? Oh, yeah. Oh, because my that. daughter is sort of entering that phase as well. And that it's a true love-hate relationship because of all of the anxiety and stress. But on the yeah. other hand, uh, coming of age kind of yeah. joy. <laughs> Again, you don't want to ra- raise a female incel. So... <laughs> I would say yes. I would say I love it as long as you guarantee me that after the dance, we're allowed to have a conversation about what happened at the dance. I love Ooh, it. Oh, that's great. But I need that's the great. I need the follow up to find out what happened because yeah. I need to. I'm always adding to my grudge list. So do I need yep. to add to my grudge list? Maybe I lock them out. I don't remember having dances till high school. We had mixers. Everything's those, earlier now. Yeah, everything. I right. had dances in middle school, which I vividly remember because downstairs at the gym, <laughs> you could play basketball Scott. and like Ellie oh. is making sad noises because. She's just expecting whatever comes out of my <laughs> mouth next to be pathetic. She even before I finished, she's like, "Oh, oh, Scott." Yeah, she was like out oh. when you said "I," and she was like, "Oh, God, 
Not. What I was going to say, Ellie, is that all of the boys were down playing basketball. So it wasn't just me anyway. Oh, oh including you. No, no, Scott, that's that's great. I'm like, I am so relieved right now. <laughs> so, I remember you as a young, younger man, Scott. It was a horror show. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's move off of this before Ellie hurts my feelings even more. Come out. Love it or loathe it. We saved the best for last. Bells. <laughs> Bells. Because <laughs> of your last name. <laughs> it's, it's stupid. It's funny. It, it's funny. I forget sometimes that my name actually is a noun for right. an actual thing because it's just right. my last name. Right. And then every now and again, like, you know, somebody, some writer will be like, the bell tolls for come. Okay. Yeah, All yeah, right. Yep, so, yep. yeah, I would say I love bells <laughs> because I've disconnected them from my last name, even though they are my last name. I let bells do their thing. When bells ring, I don't go, that's my name. I don't ever think that's <laughs> It's the bat signal That's my for last me. name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also a pretty rare last name. It's a great last name. It's yeah. one syllable. It's simple. It's Bell. Yeah, it's Bell. It's yeah, it's not. And so there's not a lot of them. So I think it's like what me and Lake Bell. I think are the only bells yeah. in show business. I think oh. so. Yeah. And we'll, we look forward to your to team for up. whom the bell tolls <laughs> collaboration. <laughs> for whom the bells toll, where we play a married couple. Yeah. <laughs> Can that please be your next project? I've, oh, that's I would love to. Speaking of, come out. You have been an absolute joy to talk to. Is there any specific project or piece of work right now that you would like to promote right now? Yeah. So my documentary that actually features my family, a thousand percent me growing up mixed. Yeah. So and it's yeah. really a personal project because my mom is in it, yep. my three daughters in it, my mother-in-law is in it, which was a crazy thing that she decided to be in it. But I've, I've seen it. It's fantastic. I'm uh, so fascinated by that moment. Oh, uh, thank you. I mean, that's a real moment. Like, they, those two had never had any kind of, my mother-in-law and my mom had never had any conversation close to that. It was great. But yeah, so that's on HBO, but it's on mm-hmm. the platform known as Max. So if you haven't seen it, please check that out. It means a lot to yes. me and my family and all the other great kids who are in it. Correct. And I heartily endorse that promotion. It's so good. So anyway, I think you said I hardly that. endorse that. I hardly oh, endorse oh, that. I heartily. <laughs> and also what I love, it's an hour long. I mean, the HBO one point was like, you can make it out however long you want to, but if you make it an hour, we can run it more. And I was like, challenge accepted. Yes, it's great. It has been great talking with you. This is what I love. Scott, I say this a lot, but I love the, about this show. I discover things I didn't know that much about that I feel that I too will love. And I'm about to do some YouTube mm. digging. Mm. So thank you for that, Kamal. And also, let me just say this. Don't watch those ads. Just pay for YouTube, everybody, if you can, if you have the ability. Then it becomes less about sitting through ads for scams. Yes, a very good point. Yeah, it's a better use of your money than a lot of the platforms you're paying for that you haven't watched. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Anyway, we will pay. All right. Scott, I will. I don't know if Scott will. Pay for Scott. I'd say, yeah, yeah, you owe me, Ellie, after the dance thing. After my... Mm-hmm. Well, Scott, you had a lot of traumatic adolescent experiences. <laughs> I don't know. You've described them yourself. Anyway, you well, come anyway. out as a need to hear all more about that. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's just been such Thank a delight. You. It's an honor to chat with you. It's been an ultimate pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Born to Love. We'll be back next week with brand new things that we love. We want to hear from you. Leave us a review in Apple Podcasts and tell us what you love. We might even ask one of our guests in an upcoming Love It or Loathe It. Born to Love is hosted and created by Ellie Kemper and Scott Eckert. Our executive producer is Aaron Kaufman. Our producers are Sheena Ozaki and Zoe Denkla. Born to Love is part of Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network in collaboration with iHeart Podcasts. 
Special thanks to Han Sani, Rachel Kaplan and Adriana Cassiano, Michael Fails, Alex Coral, and Bahid Frazier. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.